Maureen. How is everybody on this cold, wet, rainy Sunday? Um, all right. Well, let's open with prayer. Always a good place to start. Father, we thank you for your word and for the depths of it that you continue to reveal to us. And Father, I just ask today that what is spoken will be what is essential for um, this Kairos moment, for the timing that you have us placed in, for the encouragement and the um, building up of your sons. In Jesus' name, amen. So it started off with, um, you know, Pastor Ron had done his teaching and it really stood out to me. I think it was in Corinthians when it was talking about the spirit searches all things. And so I started this lesson looking at the spirit searches. And then I realized that that word for searches is only actually used six times. And it's not always in regards to God's spirit, but that it is essential for how we relate to God, you know, how we're supposed to be searching, how God searches us, how Jesus searches. I mean, it all ties in together. So to start with, we're going to establish our definition here. And the word for searches is, I should have hit the little button that told me how to say it, but I did not. Eron, Erano, Eron, Eroneo. Neo, that would make more sense. Uraneo. We're going to say Uraneo. How about that? <laughs> it may be really far off, but Uraneo. Oh, you're looking at the Uraneo. Uraneo. All right. We'll see if I can remember that through the lesson, or I'm going to do a dad, and I'm going to just change it and say a different version of it every time. I'm going to pull one from your playbook, Dad. Or you not say it ten times. So, anyways, um, so er you not oh comes from the word arrow, which is through the idea of inquiry or to seek, you know, figuratively to investigate or search. Um, a fuller form of that it comes from reo, which is an alternate for epo, um, which means to utter or speak, to tell. And this ultimately roots to areo, which um, is used, they say, as an alternate for epo um, or akin or identical with reo, but it means to utter, to speak, to say. And um, yeah, even my, I had the primary verb to speak or say, to answer. So the working definition we have, you know, to seek and investigate with the intent of being able to utter, declare, or pour forth what has been discovered um, is what I came up with. So with that in mind, I'm going to read through 1 Corinthians. And, you know, on the scripture sheet, I did also in parentheses put some of the um, pneumaticos words that we know so that I don't necessarily have to go through point by point, but you guys can make the connection. And it says, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9 through 12. But as it is written, I hath not seen, nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God hath prepared for them that love him. And, um, okay. But God hath revealed them unto us by his Spirit. For the Spirit searcheth, and this is our word, erunau, eru, yeah. Um, all things, yea, the deep things of God. For what man knoweth the things of a man, save the spirit of a man which is in him? Even so, the things of God knoweth no man but the spirit of God. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit which is of God, that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God. And so, you know, going to the first part of the scripture in verses 9 and 10, when it's talking about, you know, eye has not seen or ear heard or has entered into the heart of man, those things that God has prepared, the reality of this is you cannot know the things of God's spirit without his spirit revealing them to you. And that requires that we be committed to our passionate pursuit of his ways if we want our spirit man to stay tapped and engaged with God's spirit. 
And um, this is really our lifeline because his spirit is what's gathering those deep things, which is the word bathos, which is also mysteries. So it's gathering those mysteries from his heart that we need released to our spirit in order to garner the understanding that allows us to operate and to overcome on, in that Kairos moment. Um, and this is also why those who aren't passionately seeking his path can't understand those mysteries, even when we lay it out in a fashion that seems very plain and straightforward, or if they do, like if it makes sense to them where they're going, that's really cool. That's, that just makes so much sense that this is what scripture means. But if they aren't, um, then pursuing their own relationship with God through intercession, through having that diversities of tongues released to them, they still don't have a way to receive further teaching from the Spirit, you know, because it's not just what someone else tells you. We have to be searching ourselves. Um, and so I've written, you know, the understanding of the mysteries the Spirit gives can only be revealed to one who has had their spiritual eyes opened as they pursue the depths of the Father's heart through intercession. Um, and let me see, because I had, there's another way I wrote that. And it's, you know, and for people who, um, sorry, because I know I wrote it a couple different ways, and I'm trying not to repeat myself unnecessarily. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, and there's other times, too, like I was saying earlier, people may agree that what you have to say sounds good, but then when push comes to shove, be, they don't want to have to invest. And so because they don't want to then have to take the time to invest into that point of relationship with God, they don't have their spirit man being activated. Um, and, um, yeah. And so, yeah. and I had just said, you know, when we share the truth with them, they may think that that's, that's really cool or relevant. However, if they do not have the tools to move forward and receive their own revelation, it eventually becomes like the seed that falls on the rocky ground, meaning it springs up within them because they can recognize the truth, but then it dies for the lack of roots that go deep because they don't have the capacity to send forth those roots because their spirit man is not alive and functioning. Um, and then if we look, you know, at verse, 11 and 12, and it's talking about, for what man knoweth the things of a man save the spirit, and even so the things of God knoweth no man but the spirit of God. You know, we know that it's his spirit or his breath, like I mentioned earlier, that is seeking out the mysteries of his heart that he has established from the foundation of the world um, to be released to us in the proper timing to bring dominion. Um, okay. So, I'm sorry, go ahead. Well, and while you're getting that to work, you know, the other thing is outside of his breath releasing the understanding into our spirit, we don't have the capacity to see and understand the mysteries of his heart. Then this is actually a grace gift because when it says the things are freely given, the word given is charis, which we know has to do with grace. So it's a grace gift that God gives to us that allows us to establish a foundation in the way we think and feel in accordance with the way um, he has made things ready as we're pursuing his heart for us to align with his ways. And this is kind of what, what this is, what this is actually focusing on is the fact that, and we've learned that we, this has to be an ongoing pursuit of his breath. Right. I mean, even the wonderful things he's shown us up to this point, we, we need to continue to press in, you know, and, and align our breathing with his so that the spirit can still Continue reveal those things to us because those things are only going to get deeper. Right. You know, I mean, technically, I guess if you began to camp out in a place like pastor was talking about the Laodicea church, I guess you could get to the point too, where, you know, even the new things that are being revealed start to not really make a lot of sense to you or they're not connecting, you right. know, in your ma'a the way they need to. Right. Because you've you're not you're not still engaged in that way. So this is an ongoing word for all of us. Absolutely. Well, and and I do get to that with the other scriptures later. But it is a salient point because the whole aspect of God's Spirit searching in order to release to us, like you said, that's an ongoing process. Because for every 
new Kairos moment. So every ordained moment along his Kronos pathway, along the overall timeline where we're supposed to be functioning, it requires that we understand a new depth of his heart that without the revelation of the spirit, we wouldn't have access to, but that that point of understanding is essential for our functioning in that moment. So whether it's even an expansion of a point in scripture that we've read who knows how many times, or, you know, one of those points of fresh revelation where he says, open your mouth and I'm going to give you the words that we have to be in a place where we are pursuing his spirit, you know, that we are keeping our spirit man alive and active to be able to receive from his spirit those things that he has searched out for us to know. And verse nine kind of backs all that up because it's saying these deeper things that he's reserved are reserved for those that agapeo him, those who are searching out for what God wants. They're searching, what is it that you, you want to do in this moment? Right. Uh, what are you passionate about at this moment? Because I need to align myself with that. These things are reserved for those, those people. Right. Exactly. So then if you're not in that point of passionately seeking out his desires, you've not opened yourself up to be able to receive what his spirit wants to give to you. Um, so, all right. And so then in Romans, and this takes us to Romans chapter 8, verses 26 through 28. All right. It says, likewise, the spirit also helpeth, helpeth our infirmities. For we know not what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. He that searcheth, and this is our word, Aran, yeah, Aranu, the hearts knoweth what is the mind of the Spirit, because he maketh intercession for the saints according to the will of God. And we know that all things work together for good for them that love God to them who are called according to his purpose. And, you know, and so here we are again, you know, it's interesting because it says when the spirit helpeth, I mean, that word helpeth has to do with really taking hold of something that's been the opposite and causing it to cooperate. And that's what the father is doing with our infirmities, which we know to be those things that have form without function. Um, so, you know, God's breath, his spirit knows the inner workings of his inclination and purpose, which is what he's saying when it says, and he that searcheth the heart knoweth the mind of the spirit, um, because mind has to do with, um, let me find my, yeah, I guess, oh, there, yeah, from, yeah, from Nema, which has to do with, you know, unlike our mind, which is our will and our emotions, this is God's purpose, God's inclination. And so um, this is what his spirit knows, um, or he that searcheth knows this. So the spirit knows the inner workings of the inclinations and the purpose and how he desires for us to move on behalf of his ways. And so then when he investigates our own hearts, which is the word cardia, so our, our will, our thoughts, our feelings, um, to see how they align with his ways, he will be able to see those areas that may or may not line up. And then he's making intercession in accordance with God's will that we come into proper alignment. So it is very cool. And this is then what we express in our intercession when we're partnering our voice with his spirit and it will accomplish the work that he has called us to because that's the reality of his spirit is what's praying through us. So if this is what he's searching out and releasing to us, then this is what our voice is declaring. And, you know, it's interesting because it reminded me of the scripture that talks about of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. Well, we want our heart to only overflow with what aligns with his will. Um, another way that you could say it would be that his breath is necessary to take hold of, um, to bring cooperation to those aspects within us that have form but are not functioning. Meaning the spirit within us that is present but not functioning in its authority. And we know the initial activation of our spirit occurs when we're baptized and our spirit is redeemed. 
But then we have to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, which imparts to us our diverse intersection, which is really then like the power behind our spirit man. And I, you know, I know in the past, in a lesson, I gave this example, but I like it, so I'm going to submit it to you again. Um, you know, the thought of a hairdryer. You know, you can hold it in your hand, and it has all the working parts and pieces there to be able to do its job. However, if you don't plug it in, it's not going to do anything. It's not going to um, function. And so then you have to plug it in, which would be our spirit man when we're baptized, being redeemed. And, but then it doesn't do any good to plug it in if you don't turn it on. But once you turn it on, then that electricity is what is able to move through it and cause it to work like it needs to. You know, when we have our spirit man turned on by the baptism of the spirit, we are then functioning in that power and that authority. We've got that flow, so to speak. Um, and so the reality is our spirit can't function until his breath blows in and through us. And then when our spirit man is alive through our points of commune and our intercession is when those mysteries are revealed in a point-by-point manner that's necessary to keep us fully aligned and functioning in his ways. Um, and part of this, you know, is what's been released recently as well in regards to rest is that it's important, and this was, I had already had my lesson, and then I was listening to the end of um, Monica's Saints Radio that she did by herself. And what she said was very, um, it just, it lined up with what the Father had been showing me. So I'm, I'm quoting her so as to give credit where it's due. But, you know, it's important that we are resting in Him, sowing ourselves into what He has shown us in preparation to move forward in grace so that we don't find ourselves um, out of alignment. And maybe those were my words, but then she did say, you know, he rests on those who are contrite, those who are poor and quake in holy reverence at his word. And so we have to welcome his presence. So we recognize the privilege of what he's revealing to us by his spirit. And in this, we will intercede and move daily on behalf of what he's revealing to us moment by moment. So, you know, I just felt like it, it dovetailed perfectly with what the father was showing me in this aspect of searching. And so then, if we look at John 5, verses 37 through 40, this is more in reference to um, how man searches or doesn't. <laughs> or doesn't. Oh, you know what? I think I titled it differently on my page and then on yours. And so I spelled Pharisees wrong, and it's Pharisee. But, you know. <laughs> as far as we can see, they couldn't see very well, <laughs> not spiritually. Um, all right. And so starting in 37, it says, And the Father himself, which hath sent me, hath borne witness of me. Ye have neither heard his voice at any time, nor seen his shape. And ye have not his word abiding in you. For whom he hath sent, him ye believe not. Search the scriptures, for in them ye think ye have eternal life, and they are they which testify of me, and you will not come to me that ye might have life. And in this case, you know, he was telling them with this word search, you know, if you go and search the scriptures that you have, you're going to come back, um, well, you should be able to come back and declare the truth of what's there because even though the spirit was not in them at that time yet, Jesus was speaking at the behest of the spirit and he was providing the revelation in that Kairos moment for them of what the revel, you know, that Logos revelation. However, you know, because they were not um, really passionately pursuing him, they had closed themselves down to it. They were not allowing the logos to abide in them. And they considered themselves believers, but they were not echoing the fresh truths or the principles that would lead to life and that, the, that Jesus was revealing to them. Because he calls them out. He says, you know, you've not seen him, but you're also not believing, you know, whom, me, whom he has sent to reveal this to you. Um and, you know, the reality is, is that we have to allow our hearts to be open to the truths of 
the truth of God's word as the spirit gives revelation and not just interpret how it may appear on the surface, you know, whether how it's written in the English language or even from a worldly perspective, because that's easy to do. You know, you're reading through scripture and if you're not um, having been in that point of intercession first to have that spirit man activated for the father to bring the revelation, then what you're trying to extrapolate, you know, at best may come from things that you've learned that aren't guided by the Spirit, which is where the Pharisees were. They had all these laws, all these things that they turned into um, rules and regulations for the people of how you should act if you're going to, I wouldn't even say be a son, because I don't know that they would have used the word be a son, but if you're going to be a good Jew, (laughs) you know, a good Israelite, um, that this is what you should be doing. And yet it lacked the understanding of the spirit. It lacked the liveliness that came from that point of relationship with God. And so, um, you know, if we're not allowing his spirit to give us the understanding, this is how you end up with sayings. And people think it comes from scripture, like God helps those who help themselves, or that we translate the word love that we know to be agape, you know, that passionate pursuit of the father's ways into just good works that we do for other people. Um, and, you know, Second Timothy talks about this concept of studying to show ourselves approved. And I thought it was applicable because the word for approved is the word dominos, which has to do with being acceptable. And if you're wanting to look it up at Second Timothy 14, 13. Um, but interestingly enough, this term came about back when coins were really being made of gold still because you had money changers and who would, you know, exchange what you had for the right amount of money, but you would have people who would shave off some of the gold so to make their money go further. And then you had those money changers who were known to have integrity that if that coin didn't weigh the right amount, they weren't going to um, give you credit for it. And so then those people who had that point of integrity who were making sure that the weight of the money was pure, were known as approved or genuine individuals. Um, And so in that regard, you know, we want to make sure that if we're giving an interpretation of Scripture, that what we're speaking of is the genuine truth, that it is the full, it carries the full weight of the Father's understanding, which we know only comes from the Spirit. So, you know, the way I wrote it, if we give the interpretation of scripture without the revelation of the spirit opening the full truth to us, then we offer a message that is not fully acceptable or carrying the full weight of authority the father intended. When we speak at the urging of his spirit, um, sorry, I just realized because what I wrote, I'm like, wait a minute, I've not read that scripture yet. But we do want to speak at the urging of his spirit because then we will be an acceptable or a genuine source from which vital truth is being released. Um, And this is what the Father needs of us as we go into the nations, that people can trust the message we bring because our revelation is born of the spirit and carries the weight of the authority of his ways. You know, and in this, you know, this is also part of what we've been encouraged to do in this time frame leading up to the conference is, you know, in this other aspect is that we invite Jesus in um, to step with us so that we can be drawn, you know, into that place. And then what is coming forth is having the vitality of the spirit. So, you know, if we invite him in and we welcome him, this is how then we become an heir and a joint heir. And this is really an ongoing point of pursuit in our spiritual life, which is what mom brought out earlier, is that this isn't just a, when you first start this walk and you receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, that's when his spirit moves on you. We know that this is essential and vital for us to continue to be that um, genuine point of truth, regardless of where we are, if we're in our Ontario or if we're going out to another nation or if it's in our workplace or within our family, that we only want to be declaring and speaking those things that really the Spirit has given us an understanding. Go ahead. Isn't it interesting how, you know, you can read this about 
I think everybody in, in any church setting would agree that the Pharisees were not a role model. They were not the gold standard you wanted to, to follow or emanate. Right. Emulate, excuse me, emanate. I don't know what emanate is. Um, <laughs> but, but yet it's so easy to fall into the same exact snare, you know, where you're not really searching the scriptures in the way and the depth and through the spirit, you know, with the spirit's assistance in, right. in, I mean, there's been all types of debates and, and conferences held. And that's why you've got a lot of denominations today because they split over all these ideas because it was all debated and battled out in man's opinion. Right. And what they thought. They thought they had eternal life. And that life there is the same life that when Jesus said in the last verse, you know, you won't come to me, that you can echo Zoe. You know, you think you have eternal Zoe. And people read this and think, oh, we're just talking about you think you've got a way into heaven. But it's so much more than that. He's talking about the ongoing life, vitality, and fullness of God's breath. Right. You know, that's that's what we have to cling to. That's what we have to pursue. And that's those are found in the scriptures. I mean, it says that they the scriptures testifies of me. Right. I guess they had searched in that way. Right. They would have found the truth that they were rejecting. But yet but we they, see the same yeah. thing happening today. Right. All over the place where the enemy has lulled the church into thinking they've got this opinion of of um, what eternal life really is right? and thinking it's just, you know, a contract, whatever, a, a gift. It, it, it is a gift, but in the, in the real essence of it, it's being able to, to live in that vitality, to function in that vitality and fullness of God's breath right now. Right. Because it's if not you're a- not doing it now, you're not going to be doing it in eternity. I was just about to say, how are you going to do it then? You yeah. know, that... And that's just it because I think so many times, well, we know that there's not that connection between eternity and the work that we're doing in heaven later is actually the same work that we're doing now, that it doesn't wait till we're in the sweet by and by, that that partnership starts now, but that that understanding of partnership isn't necessarily there. So, you know, you have all these conferences for how to... Um, you know, be successful. And, you know, it's like trying to take scripture and apply it so that your business is successful or that you're successful in relationships or that your congregation grows. And then when these really trying things come that are really going to press in on you and say, okay, are you really established in me? That's when everybody starts either jumping ship or they're giving the same points of truth that the world would give because that's all they have. You know, they don't have, again, that vitality, that liveliness to their understanding of what's in the word. And and like you said, and so then it's easy that you get in these splits and these factions. Well, this is how I interpret and what you're saying, you know, we don't agree with how you interpret that. So you can start your own group versus if we were really all being led by the spirit and all things, he's not going to take us different ways. You know, he's because he's the same. He's consistent. His truth and his pursuit is always about what's going to bring dominion, what's going to establish his kingdom on this earth and cause people and lands to function as they were originally created. Um, so, yeah. And then you just realize it's kind of like being able to step back and look at it from the outside, you know, for all the years that we were in it and didn't have this point of understanding that, you know, and not to get lost in the sadness of it because we know that our job is to declare the truth because in those Kairos moments that he gives, you're going to have those who are hungry, who the seed falls on the good ground and it grows roots and that they become sons like we have those in Brazil and in France and these other nations. Um, but that it does, it saddens your heart for so many who would hear. And even when you're speaking words of um, from the Spirit, what they take from it is still very surface, you know, because that's the thing. You can share something that's deeper and then their interpretation, how they apply it is still at a a level that um, falls far short of really the fullness of what the Father wants to offer them to live in. 
And so that brings us to um, 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 10 through 12. And this relates to um, how the prophets searched. And it says, starting in verse 10, of which salvation the prophets have inquired and searched diligently, who prophesied of the grace that should come unto you, searching what or what manner of time the Spirit of Christ, which was in them, did signify, when it testified beforehand the sufferings of Christ and the glory that should follow, unto whom it was revealed, that not unto themselves, but unto us did they minister the things which are now reported unto you by them that have preached the gospel unto you with the Holy Ghost sent down from heaven, which things the angels desire to look into. So it's interesting there too, because, um, and I guess I didn't put any of the words in your, <laughs> in your teaching, but you know, the highlighted word searching is our word. Um, and when it says what manner of time, that's kairos. And it's interesting, though, because when it um, talks about of which salvation the prophets have inquired and searched diligently, the word um, inquired is, I'm sorry, well, that is to search out, investigate, to crave or seek after carefully. And then when it says search diligently, that's like a version of our word because it's just, it's ex orano, which is the point of er origin from which they investigate, essentially in order to pour forth what's been discovered, but it has to do with the point of origin. So what Peter was declaring to those that were considered foreigners, because prior to verse 10, he's talking to the foreigners and to the, which would be the Gentiles um, when you look up above that, um, you know, as prophets, so as those who function really from what we've heard at the right hand of the Father and our points of intercession, you know, that we are to be searching, even as the prophets in the scripture did, for the kairos move of his breath, so that pinpoint timing, um, that we can make plain the message that the Father's giving us and then, um, well, let me put it this way. We have to commit ourselves to that message first that he makes plain to us. And then we have to make plain that message to those that he has set apart to know him and to partner with him. Um, because that's what these prophets did. It says, you know, when they were declaring, um, let's see. Because it says, you know, that they searched diligently to know and that they prophesied of the grace. So that forward promotion that would come to them. And he was saying that what they searched out, what the spirit showed them wasn't for themselves, but it was to minister to. And, you know, so Peter's talking to the churches at the time to minister to us, to give that ongoing revelation. So as the spirit gives us insight, we also have to seek to understand um, the timing of his spirit and what needs to be released in order to bring um, that message of heaven in order to bring that point of understanding to those that God has given us an opportunity to speak to. Um, And I also thought it was interesting because really this, as we've said, it, you know, and we know this, but it stems from this intimate point of commune. And this is actually what the angelic long for, because the angelic beings, they don't have the opportunity to be in commune in this way. Do they take orders and do they help us to fulfill what the father has declared he wants to do through us? Yes. Do they have that opportunity, though, to commune and to glean the depths of his spirit in this way? They don't. And it says that they have set their hearts on that, that they would long to have that opportunity to come alongside. And when it says, um, so, um, yeah, so they desire to look, which is to come alongside, to bend down. And it roots to a word that means to swell, like you would think as a with young, so like a pregnant woman with young or um, as a toppling wave or something that's bursting forth. 
And so, you know, they would desire to swell with the new creative thing that is heard and revealed in the Father's heart really on a continual basis, which is what we have the opportunity to do. And that's because it says, um, let's see, it says the angels, angels desire to look into, the word for into is just continual or far more exceeding. And I really think, you know, I would dare say this is why the enemy rebelled, because he realized there was this point of searching and really discovering the depth of the ways of God that he was never going to be privy to, but that God was creating man for. And, you know, from this point of understanding, we have the opportunity to rule and reign with the Father and the authority in a way that the angelic does not. But this is the same understanding that we pass on to new sons, that we search out the depths of his spirit, not for ourselves, although in our point of searching, our faith will be perfected so that we are equipped with the timing for what he needs released as we're ministering to new sons. Um, and as his spirit rests on us, we have to be searching the depths of his heart in order that what we're pouring forth to new sons, um, which would be anybody who's not yet understood or walked the pathway of the anointed son, how they are to move forward toward the, um, the goal and I'm sorry, because it's kind of like I get wordy in my thing, so I'm trying to make it more concise. <laughs> um, so just toward the purpose of what the Father wants them to function on from his right hand. And this is really when it says it's for the health and restoration of their souls or their psyche, um, which is their breath or their spirit. And that is in what it's talking about. Yes. Um, preach the gospel unto you with the Holy Ghost sent. So that's the apostello. Um, all right. Well, that would deal with the grace that should come unto you. Um, go ahead. Don't you find it ironic that um, I know, especially in the beginning days, but there's been some people since then that people are fixated on the angelic. They're, they're enamored with how the angelic move and, and what have you heard, what have you seen, when all that time the angelic are is, fixated are on fixed what God has a, given. Well, they're, they're yearning right. to really the focus isn't even on us. The no. focus is on that relationship. That, that relationship. It's like that effectual door that's opening, you know. Right. Uh, you, you, have to, you have to maintain that passion and that momentum but you, you also, that's not the focus. Neither right. one of those. The focus is on why those are there, which is to, to breathe in the breath of God, to move in his ways. And it's the same thing with this. The, the angelic, they, they are fully aware of God's ways. They, you know, but we, we get to know the deeper things. We get to function in those deeper things intimately in relationship. And so that's what they're looking at is that relationship thing there. And yet the world is just looking at the, you know, the tool kind of the messenger part, which is really no different than if you're just looking at us without anything else, right. without the spirit. Right. And, and this was illustrated so keenly when Daniel began to intercede for his people. And it wasn't until he took it in his authority to begin to intercede that the angels were sent. Right. So it, it's like they are looking at our progression in our relationship with the Father as kings and priests to partner with what we are understanding through the Scriptures. So it is really about as we come to know the mysteries and begin to make that application in our lives, it releases or it, it gives that point where the angels are able to partner what we have discovered right like it activates them yes. <clears throat> and, and really the the adversaries are standing there waiting to move at that effectual door because not of the not of the door but of the power and the authority that rests in going through and moving through that door and and keeping your eyes on the heart of god and moving with that and on his ways. Right. I mean, it's it's always that power and authority, and the enemy knows 
when sons, the more of that that they, they garner, the, the harder more. it makes his job, the more impossible right. it makes his well, job. Well, because the more power and authority, and that's like, you know, it's like had the enemy known you know, what he was doing, he wouldn't have crucified the son of man, or son, yeah, son of man. Because he's got the holdings. Right. He's got the holdings, and he's he knows he's losing them. Yes. So, you know, and just to point out, too, because the word, when it's talking about, you know, what was um, revealed, when it says, unto whom it was revealed, I mean, that's apocalypto. So that's having, you know, things the lid peeled back to make that understanding, that revelation known to us. Um, all right. Yeah, I was just thinking how, uh, you know, we're talking about the angels partnering with us, but how similarly the, the, the uh, angels of light, the demonic beings, are waiting to see what we're doing. And like... Vicky was talking about they were waiting at the door. This is the word that was given to Cain. You know, the enemy is at your door. So walk through it. Don't let that enemy influence you. And, uh, you know, I was I was thinking, too, how, you know, when, when you lift a pile of, of wood from the ground and suddenly you see a, a whole nest of carpenter ants underneath, all of a sudden that peaceful horde of ants begins to scurry like crazy picking up all the little eggs and, and just running in all directions and uh you know the enemy is lies quiet you know like vicky was saying he's got his holdings and and we as the the representatives of the purpose of god are coming into his territory and exposing him right so we're going to see a lot of activity that wasn't there before Right. It's almost like they're waiting to say, are they going to partner? Are they going to route us? Do they have that? It's kind of like, you know, because I'm thinking of when the um, sons of Sceva went out, you know, and they said, Paul, we know, Jesus, we know, but who are you? And, you know, and they were beat up. So if they're looking to see, just like the angelic is longing to be in relationship, but if those fallen angels are looking to say, okay, are they going to get it? Because if they do, we know that we're done for. You know, that they're just kind of waiting because then if they can introduce a point of doubt or bitterness or um, which is you know, like happened with the Pharisees, that then if you don't move forward, you're not going to take that dominion. You're not going to be able to, you know, stand in the door of the gate. Go ahead. Yeah, and I was thinking about that. I, do the angels long to be in, in relationship or are they very curious about how that works? Because right. I think they have to really be content in the position that, that God has in. established them in, but but they're because they don't have that right that type of relationship. It's such spirit, a curious yeah. thing to them how that works, and I think they they see the esteem that God puts on it, the value of it, and and they I think it's more of a marvel type of a thing. And that's probably true as well, like you said, because then you know when man gets it there's probably rejoicing in their own spirits. They're like, yes, now we're activated to go in and do our job because they're content with where they are, but just that there's, you know, that desire that they look into and say, right, right. Right. Um, and so a couple other things that it just kind of encompasses what we've said, but that the revelation God's spirit gives us when released in his timing and at his directive will always have the end goal of drawing another individual up into a relationship of grace where their spirit man is activated to receive fresh revelation from his spirit. And as our spirit breathes, we must really take in his spirit because it's like our oxygen. You know, it is our source of power um, or if you want to say electricity for our own spirit man to be alive and functioning. And, um, you know, even going back to, we were talking about earlier with the, the Pharisees, you know, some will hear the message of relationship and determine it's not worth the sacrifice of investment. And that's going to be an instant blockage to their growth because it becomes a point of bitterness when they look back and they say, well, I've been in ministry for the last, maybe it's 10 years or the last 60 years. You know, and that now you're trying to tell me that whatever point of operation or belief that I've functioned in, it's not good enough versus really seeing it as the place that the father wants to launch them forward from. Um, and in this way, it also reminds me of, you know, the weeds that come up and they choke out the truth as well, because 
it's, you know, that point where, yes, you may have some understanding, but you're allowing those thoughts to come up and they just smother the liveliness of what the Father wanted you to know. And this is why we have to remain in a place where we long for the breath of his spirit and we invite Jesus in to sup with us, to search our hearts and to make intercession on behalf of what he knows our spirit needs in order to align with the Father's ways. Because this will bring vitality to our spirit and an understanding of the deeper mysteries as we study his word. Um, all right. And then this brings us to our last scripture in Revelation. And this is Revelation 2, 18 through 29. You know, and it's talking about the son of God searches, but this also um, relates to... Um, the position that we have to take when we have, when we've been searching and we have the understanding of the spirit, then there's action we have to take. Um, and so starting in verse 18, it says, and unto the angel of the church in Thyatira write, these things saith the son of God who hath his eyes like unto a flame of fire and his feet are like fine brass. And so just to point out, you know, the church in Thyatira was actually the fourth church that he spoke to. And if you're aligning it with his seven ways, that would align with the spirit of prophecy. Um, so, and it says, and I know thy works and charity and agape and service and faith and thy patience and thy works and the last to be more than the first. Notwithstanding, I have a few things against thee because thou sufferest that woman Jezebel, which calleth herself a prophetess, to teach and to seduce my servants, to commit fornication, and to eat things sacrificed unto idols. And I gave her space to repent of her fornication, and she repented not. Behold, I will cast her into a bed, and them that commit adultery with her into great tribulation, except they repent of their deeds. And I will kill her children with death, and all the churches shall know that I am he who searcheth, and this is our word, the reins and hearts, and I will give unto every one of you according to your works. Um, so, so in the midst of this fourth church aligning with the prophetic, Jezebel also represented the false prophetic. And within the places we go to, we have to be mindful that false prophecy may manifest um, with things being twisted. So it's like you, something kind of like we were talking about, you know, that revelation that's given, but then it's twisted and it's not applied in a way that aligns with, um, well, it doesn't have the understanding that comes from the spirit of God. And so it doesn't align with his ways and it serves more man's ideas. Um, let's see. And it says that the church in Thyatira would not restrain this influence. They were content to let her remain and they did not cast her out because the word there for thou sufferest just means to permit or let be. Um, and we have to be aware as we go into other nations that the influence within the churches and the people groups that are going to contend with and vie for the passions of the people. You know, now... The people functioning in this manner, they're going to be given the same opportunity to be able to repent and partner with the ways of God. However, if they will not submit, that they're going to have to be restrained and the influence removed. And it's important that you look at this not as removing a person, but really as removing that demonic influence. Because otherwise you see where, you know, they're given credit, you know, for all the things. The Son of God gives them credit for all the things that they did that aligned with his ways. He says, but this thing I have against you. And, um, you know, this is why we can't allow the demonic to remain and declare words of false prophecy that would choke out the seeds of truth in regards to relationship with their own cares of this world. You know, and this is really the same principle that was behind Jesus' healings. You know, he brought that brought forth the, the dunamis or the function to those whose physical bodies were manifesting the condition of their spirit man. You know, once they were made whole in every aspect, every aspect, they were told to go forth and sin no more. Well, we know that sinning is, you know, not to miss the mark of his purpose. And for them, that was not to miss the mark of functioning and their identity of a son. 
and they were to live in the vitality of his spirit that he had released to them. So it's important because if you allow that demonic entity to remain, then when that healing has been brought, it's kind of like, you know, the scripture where it talks about you sweep and you garnish your house, but if you don't fill it, you know, with the spirit, then you're going to have seven more demonic beings that come in and that person's worse off than they were the first time, which is essentially what the church in Thyatira had allowed by allowing, you know, Jezebel to stay there, you know, for people who um, would have known and been able to operate in truth when then you have that false prophetic that enters in, well then, because you're, it's like when you've cleaned something, you're prepared to go forward, but what you move forward in is a twisted version of the truth of the Father, it's like because you were so eager to go into it, it's almost like you're pulled into it more than if you had been on the fringes of something going, okay, well, this sounds good. Maybe I'm going to go this way. And someone says, no, this doesn't align with God's heart. Let's clean this out. But if you then don't ever participate in that point of relationship to have that revelation, then you can still be pulled off and you would be worse off. Hopefully I made that connection well because I, not something I had written down, but nonetheless. <laughs> um, so then if we're looking at the second part of the scripture, and we're looking um, in verse 23, where it says, I am he that searcheth the reins and hearts. So the reins, we know, has to do um, with a mindset that speaks to embracing ideas um, or many people coming together for a common idea. And that um, one way that God tries the reins is by examining how we're doing with what he's entrusted us to do and how we're partnering with or doing those things that we have said we're going to die to ourselves in order to accomplish. Um, okay. And so in that, um, we just have to realize that it's always, you know, a privilege and a necessity to maintain that breath or what we would call the heartstrings of God that's forever blowing and like we said earlier, this isn't something that's a once and it's a done, that it has to be continual seeking out and a searching for the depths of his heart. And if we're going to move into that next point of development, we have to continually be in this place of seeking or searching. You know, God is continually searching us and he desires for us to do the same in all the different Places as he's taking us into these different places that we would continue to search out his heart and search out what his spirit wants to release to us for us to have the full authority or the full, um, what was my, I wish my brain would remember. <laughs> I was talking about the gold and the doikiomos, I can't remember the Greek word, approved, you know, that we would have that message that is full, that has been approved by the Father, and that really represents the purity of the truth of where he needs to lead us and to lead those that we speak his life to. So that is all I have, unless anyone else. Go ahead. Well, I was just looking at the connection with the, the ecclesia, knowing um, <clears throat> that God is the one that searches the the ma'as and right. the inner inner workings of us and it's because he's killing off these children of Jezebel you know and i it's important to of course to realize that you cannot continue to feed spiritual truth to people who've taken a stand in something that's deliberately twisting right because they'll continue to twist it right and you can't allow that to remain in the camp yeah, so, I mean, however, that the Lord leads that to happen. You know, I, I know you see some of these um, pastors online that have made a name for themselves, and I think they're really doing some other things that are interesting, but they stand up and talk about the witches in their congregation, and they go through theatrics and all of this stuff about kicking them out. But this is really, if you first are going to, to want to try to give someone a chance that space, a space for grace right. that we've spoken of in the past. Because if they're in the church, you're, there's that point, they've gotten to this point in, in that cyclic process. And 
maybe this is an iniquity within them. You know, so you, you give that chance for repentance. But once it's been determined that they are taking this stance, and I think back about some of the things that have happened, you know, within the network, um, you can't allow, whether it's progressivism or any point of deliberate twisting, you can't allow it to have a voice of authority right. in, mm-hmm. in the house. Because in otherwise, everything that they speak, regardless of the new revelation, they're always going to apply it in that twisted manner if they're right. still on that point of authority right. or, um, yeah. Did you? That, yeah, but yeah. that's what brings the focus on the fact that we all submit our ma'as to the examination of the Spirit and of the Father. Right. Well, because we realize that any of us can be prone to the iniquity. You know, any of us can be subject to it if we're not allowing God to go through us and search those areas that we say we've aligned with him and it gets off kilter, then we can become this false prophetic. And that's certainly not what we want to be. Um, and that he's always going to give us that opportunity to align it, to repent, you know, and come back into, um, I hate to use the word alignment again, but you know, align with his ways and what his intent is, but yes. And so it is necessary that, um, you know, what we are committed to and we invest ourselves in, that we allow that to be tried and searched by him. Um, the idea is truly we have to continually ask God what's going on in the situation that's before us. Mm-hmm. We cannot assume that he, is going, he has set us up and this is the way we're going to function from now on. Right. Um, we have to understand that our relationship with him is going to grow. And so as it grows, there's going to be things that he's going to require at different stations in, in our progression. Um, I'm you know, thinking about Jesus, who was unable to do miraculous, miraculous things in Nazareth because everybody was going, uh, you know, we know who you are. And, and so he, he had to, instead of moving in that demonstration, had to go back to teaching, had to go back to speaking uh, basic things to these people so that they would have a foundation to understand what he was doing. Uh, and, and so every encounter we have needs to be brought before the Lord and saying, you know, how are you handling this? How, what is my part in this? Do I speak or do I reframe speaking? You know, uh, do, do I speak to this specific thing here or, or is that something that you're working out in another way? So, uh, you know, we don't want to be the, the Akins in the group that are, are, or the Sauls that are, um, you know, seeing a, something that's beneficial for us and not really thinking about what God really wants to do. And uh, I think that speaks to what Vicki was just talking about. Of, of many who are in places of authority are, are getting off track because they're seeing their position as a benefit to them rather than what really God is trying to do in the kingdom. Well, and too, you know, in this last verse in 23, and it says... Um, you know, after he says, and I search at the reins and the hearts, and he says, and I will give unto everyone according. And, you know, according has to do, it's the word kata, which is just that which we have laid down and committed ourselves to. It says, according to your work. So that's what, that, that we've toiled after. So in other words, at whatever point that we have invested ourselves and what we've been toiling after, that is what he's going to, you know, from that point, is what he's going to commit unto us what's needed to move us forward if we allow him. But that's why his spirit searches God's heart to know what it is that we need as he's looking at the reins of our thoughts and our feelings so that we can be, again, moving forward on that path of grace. And I think it's interesting that the perspective that Jesus is talking from here is as the Son of God who has eyes like a flame of fire talking about the ways of God, how he moves, and his feet are like fine brass, which really 
it, it talks of a, a whiteness or brilliancy that goes back to frankincense, which goes back to that, is where that whiteness comes from and goes back to that, it's and are the incense of the purity of our purpose. And he's basically saying, this is the stance that I take and it's a stance that I expect my church to take, you know, not to allow things that fall, come in less than what my purpose is. Right. And, and I think too, within ministry, you know, cause it's to guard against, because when you have somebody who comes in, maybe they have an enigmatic personality, you know, and they want to be used in the church and they come to you and, you know, I can do this and I can do that and wanting to plug someone in because there's a hunger, but if that hunger's not been rightly aligned or that there's a twisting, you can't afford to put them in and have them not declaring that pure word that really aligns with where the Son of God stands, with where he expects us to stand as in partnership with his ways and really having every element, he said, refined and purified. So thank you, everybody, for your input. Right? Yes. Thank you, Lord, for your searching of us always.